What's up, then, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy, alongside my co-host Jimbo. A big one. And joining us today for our New Orleans Saints episode, we've got Michael Balco joining us today. How are you doing, Michael? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show today, guys. No problem at all. Glad you can join us today. Uh, I'll let you have the floor in terms of you introducing yourself, you know, in terms of your socials, everything else, and who you write for. So I'll let you have a floor. You go right for it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a site expert for NFLanalysis.net as well as NBAanalysis.net. I also write for uh, Who That Dish of uh, fansided.com, um, as well as a couple other side gigs, stuff like that. I have a podcast called The Michael Balco Show, um, where I talk to professional athletes, college athletes, help them create exposure, uh, share their stories to help inspire the youth, that kind of thing. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter at Michael Balco Jr. You can find me at Instagram at Michael.Balco. So, yeah. Lovely. Sounds good, good. Uh, in the episode, guys, I will make sure I'll put all of Michael's links uh, down in the descriptions below when we post this episode up and coming. So, Michael, we'll get right to it. You know, for being a, a Saints fan, I suppose, you know, you guys have had, I'll be honest, I suppose, quite the last three or four years, you've had that Super Bowl window. You know, you've had the players, the roster's been, as much as I hate to admit it, as you know, that we're Falcons fans, it's been outstanding. Like, you know, credit where credit's due. You've built that type of team. You've had everything sort of go the right way, but it's just, it seems to have just fallen short. And I think, you know, as much as going with praises of how well the team's done the past four years, it's sort, it's sort of come to a point now after that loss with Tampa Bay and the playoffs this year, you're sort of looking at a quite a difficult years coming up with obviously you've got, you know, the cap situation. We've tried looking at everything and, and it just seems to be a really tough spot for you guys. But the year itself, 12 and four, you've got another division crown. Um, you guys have just been taken off of them at the moment. But I suppose the main talking point of this year is that I think, you know, as much as it's not really been announced yet, I think everyone is expecting Drew, Drew Brees to finally hang up his cleats and retire. I mean, give us your, give us your thoughts on the recap. How do you think, you know, you got this year in, in general? How did you think it fared? Did you feel like it was a, a bit of a failed finish to the line? Because obviously that's all you guys were going for was that, that next Super Bowl title. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously we would have liked to send Drew Brees out on top. Um, and like you said, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty much obvious he's gonna hang him up. I mean, you don't you don't go for making twenty million dollars a year, probably more than that. I don't exactly know his contact contract details, but you know, you don't go for making like double digit millions, you know, to to cutting it all the way down to the veterans minimum if you're gonna plan on playing the next year. It just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna retire, but you know, like as far as like the season itself goes, you know, it was a it was a tough one because you know we have we had a superstar, multiple superstars injured every single week, it seemed like, or on the COVID list, or you know, the season itself wasn't normal for anybody. So you can't really use that excuse too much. But yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't really had too many like injuries to deal with us other than like Drew Brees over the past couple of years. But you know, this year we had Drew Brees, we had you know, we had Marshawn Lattimore a couple times. We had Janoris Jenkins a couple times. Michael Thomas missed most of the season. Emmanuel Sanders missed a couple of games. You know, when you're missing like your key guys like that, it's really tough to win games and gain any sort of rhythm. So, you know, obviously we we didn't we didn't attain our ultimate goal, but you know, our team really never caught caught fire really until like that middle stretch of the season. So, you know, like I said, it's hard it's hard to win football games when your guys are out. Yeah, I suppose you you can take the positives that you won the division. You know, it, ultimately, 
was a failure, really, because you were, you know, one of them teams in the Super Bowl window. You got Breeze on it last year, as we talked about. But overall, you know, you've won the division, so you can't really put that down as a fail, like complete failure every year. You know, go, going forward, it's a uh, yeah. So like cap space next year, I mean, it is a tough position, really, isn't it? I mean, currently you're sort of seventy million. You got fined before the start of the season. I mean, we've we've gone through it lots of times. So you know, cutting certain players, restructuring contracts. I just I can't see a way around it. I mean, is there any players that you're sort of thinking about cutting? And yeah, yeah. So you know, as far as like cuts go, um, you know, some of the obvious ones kind of stand out are Quan Alexander. Um, you know, his in, his season was cut short with another torn ACL injury. Um, obviously, he has to pass a physical first in order for the team to be able to release him. Um, but you know how the NFL goes. There's kind of ways around everything. Um, kind of what I'm hearing is that they will end up releasing him sometime either before the new league year or as soon as they can, really. Um, you know, it's just hard to tell. But Quan Alexander doesn't seem like he's going to be in New Orleans next year. Um, a couple other guys, maybe Emmanuel Sanders didn't really live up to that expectations that we kind of had, you know, as far as like cuts go, there's not really too many. Um, I could see the saints trying to like package Taysom Hill in a deal and try and get him out of town. They, they seem committed to, to Jameis Winston. Um, who knows if they'll end up taking a guy in the draft or maybe go after like a veteran guy, like, you know, Cam Newton in free agency or a different guy like that and uh, draft a rookie as well, you know, and Taysom Hill kind of the odd man out in that situation. He's more valuable in his utility role than he is as a quarterback to the Saints. Um, and it was very obvious, you know, he had 11 fumbles. I mean, he only started a few games at the quarterback position and still managed to be in the top five in the NFL in turnovers. So obviously that's not what you want to see out of a franchise quarterback because we saw what happened. And, you know, Carson Wentz did the same thing and now he got he got dealt to Indianapolis. So you know, as far as cuts go, Emmanuel Sanders and Quan Alexander are the main guys who stick out. Janoris Jenkins is a guy, you know, uh, who could also be on that cut list. Everybody else on that list, though, that you're showing me at the top of the roster, they're a little bit too valuable to cut. Latavius Murray, he's pretty valuable, um, but he's he's really kind of seems like the only guy who could be expendable. Malcolm Brown is a guy who could be expendable, but, you know, the team's going to be losing Sheldon Rankins in free agency. So, you know, and probably Trey Hendrickson as well. So you kind of need to keep guys who are already familiar with that defensive line on the D-line. But, yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys who could be dealt that seem a little bit more likely, but as far as cuts go, I'd, I'd narrow it down to just the couple guys I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. I think, I, um, I think um, so. you make a good point with um, Tamsin Hill, really, you know, where he's that special teams guy, you know, the, the special plays, you know, the little trick plays and stuff. It's, he carries a large cap number for someone who can do that on a team that needs to save as much money as possible. You know, so I, I do think you'll be looking to deal with, deal him at some point. Yeah, and, and then if you think about it and you look at the numbers, like Quan Alexander and Taysom Hill alone take up 15% of our cap space. That's just crazy to think about when you have, you know, I think right now like 70 players on the roster, I think. Um, like when you when you do it, when you look at everything. Um, but like during the regular season, you got 53 people on your roster and two guys take up 15% of it. That's insane. Um, so, yeah, unless these guys are willing to take pay cuts, which Quan Alexander could, you know, he's been vocal about that on Twitter, that he could, he's a potential guy to be cut and then re-signed soon after or a potential guy to just yeah. retain and take a pay cut, something like that. He loves New Orleans. He loves – and I love what he brings to the team. I mean, him and DeMario, out, or DeMario Davis out there, I mean, it's a crazy linebacker tandem when, when they're both healthy. So, 
you know, I would love to have Quan Alexander back, but unless he's willing to take a pay cut, there's just no way. Yeah. I yeah, think, I think um, a lot of them are going to have to be restructuring, you know, at least, you know, especially at the top end, you know, you, Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas are probably going to have to restructure at some, it, their contracts in some way, you know, yeah, to actually yeah. even provide the chance of getting under that sort of cap number there. It's a very difficult one. I'll just point out because it, we spoke about this. We, this it's actually quite interesting. As much as we've gone through, you know, we've looked through a lot of teams going through what we're doing. As you know, we're doing off-season talk. We're going through every team, right? And we're going through every si- single situation of what, <clears throat> excuse me, what they can actually do. And this one is always the most interesting because it is the team with the with the least amount of cap, and they have to find that much cap. And it's just a case where we've tried so much, but I think. The, the best analogy I can describe it, it is sort of a case of do you rip the band-aid off now or do you rip it in stitches? Because as much as like we've talked about Jimbo, you know, players like the main ones for me, we, you know, we restructured, we tried to restructure Cameron Jordan, Michael Thomas and Teron Armstead. They're your free, they're free staple guys, right? You want to keep them. Yeah. You know, it's got to a point where as much as restructuring deals are always good, they are going to come and bite you at some point whether it be one or two years down the line, depending how long their contracts are. It's just a case of this is obviously, you know, that, you know, this is cap hell right now. You know, Mickey Lewis got <laughs> the staff have got a job to do. And they they like you say, like you say, the NFL's unique in that way. There's always raised ways round contracts, right? Especially with certain players, especially for restructures. I can imagine they'll get a bit more value for money in certain restructuring deals. But, I think as much as I say, you know, you're from the Saints for a while, you know, you're a big Saints fan. The fact is that, you know, they have got to a point where I think they're just going to have to accept the reality. They're going to lose some key pieces this year, which means that, you know, you're, it's not going to be a case of where you're maybe not going to massively not compete. We don't know how, let's just say you guys stick to Jameis Winston to be the, to be the guy, at least for one or two seasons, where how long, whatever you decide to do with a deal with him. How do you think realistically fair in, in the future? Do you think, you know, obviously I'd like to say personally, the window, it's not completely gone, but it's closing in that respect just due to the how many players you could lose. I mean, what would you like to see see them do? As much as we've talked about free agency, I mean, do you, would you, I mean the main one really is Jameis Winston. Would you like to see Jameis Winston under centre for, for, for next at least next season? Yeah, yeah. So I, I could see the Saints, I mean... I'm going to try and be as non-biased as possible, but, you know, I have a lot of faith in Sean Payton. I have a lot of faith in Mickey Loomis, and I have a lot of faith in the guys that they decide to build around whoever they want to keep on the team. You know, and we've kind of seen that with the moves they've been making over the past couple of years. I mean, they extended the key guys, right? They have Cameron Jordan locked up. They got Michael Thomas locked up. Kamara's locked up. You know, we have guy Demario Davis is locked up. Like, we have the guys that we need to be locked up, locked up. You know, so you can build an entire offense around Kamara, around Michael Thomas, around Adam Troutman. Like those guys, you can build an entire offense around. Um, so realistically, I don't, I don't necessarily know about a Super Bowl window just because there's a whole lot of uncertainty with who our quarterback is going to be. If it's Jameis Winston, I think we have a better shot than if it was going to be anybody else. He has a year in the system already. He got a year to learn under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I mean, that's about as valuable of a year as you can get. And he did it for $1.1 million. So, um, you know, I think if the Saints would have been able to get a guy like Matthew Stafford or, or if they're, 
somehow, some way, it's impossible, but in the mix for Deshaun Watson or, you know, one of those other marquee names, maybe Matt Ryan or just like a veteran guy who's been proven and established in the NFL um, and has has performed at a very high level for, for a very long time is more so what I'm trying to say. Um, I think the window would be a lot brighter. Um, and, I mean, who knows? Drew Brees could come back. It's not likely, obviously. I mean, his <laughs> – He's cut his contract all the way down to like 1.75 million. So it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think if Jameis Winston's at quarterback, I think they would probably sign him to about a three-year deal. Three or, yeah, probably like two to three years. Um, see how it goes. Um, he would be in direct competition with Taysom Hill. And I could see them taking a quarterback in like maybe the second or third round of the draft. Um, just because usually when Sean Payton speaks extremely highly of somebody, they usually stick around for a while. I mean, we see the same thing with – Austin Carr, who's on and off the practice squad, it seems like for the past five years, you know, uh, he's a wide receiver um, that they picked up a couple years ago as extra depth. And he still manages to stick around on the roster somehow. I mean, he's not very productive, but he sticks around because Sean Payton loves him. So, you know, and the fact that, and the fact that Jameis Winston loves the culture uh, in New Orleans, obviously says a lot. He's a great teammate. He's a great team player. The guys love him. So there's, I don't see him going anywhere else, especially now that the Colts who were the, probably the most likely to land him other than him re-signing with us now have Carson Wentz um so yeah I think if Jameis Winston's at quarterback and we have Kamara back and Latavius Murray's back and we keep our main core back uh I could see us winning the NFC South again obviously with the Bucks defending their Super Bowl title it's gonna be a lot harder but I think they have a lot more decisions to make than we do really I mean if you look at the rosters and kind of who's set to hit free agency and who's not I think we're much 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 better prepared for the future than they are because they kind of put all their eggs in the basket to win it this year. And luckily for them, it paid off. Um, but, you know, we're kind of like a, you know, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis did a great job of putting all the eggs in the basket, but also at the same time, developing, developing players for the future. And that's where you see guys like Quan Alexander, Janoris Jenkins, Michael Thomas, those guys kind of play, play into the mix a little bit more. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think our Super Bowl window is going to be extended a little bit longer, especially if Jameis Winston can get back to that form, maybe cut down those interceptions. But if he can stay at that uh, leading the NFL and passing yardage form, I don't see any reason why we can't blow the top off defenses. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. Yeah, I mean, I was I was reading something about Jamie's um, earlier, actually, that he's spent the year, you know, watching all these NFC South teams you know, play, spent the year under Drew Brees, learning the system. You know, I, I think it'd be a real positive keeping hold of him for you this year. I think he'll, I think he's probably learned how the defences in this league play. You know, it, I mean, what sort of money is he going to ask for? Do you know? I mean, has anything been sort of spoken about in money terms? Uh, is he going to want to go out and get a decent size contract? I mean, if he's, if he's going to start, I can't see him wanting to come back for 1.1 million again. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot higher than 1.1 million, that's for sure. Uh, there's not really any specific number as it currently stands, but he is projected to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks on the market this year. Obviously, Jameis right. Winston knows the Saints situation, and if he wants to come back to the Saints, he knows he'll have to take a little bit of a pay cut to do so. Um, and Jameis Winston, I mean, he's always – I mean, I'm a big Florida State fan, so I've been following him for years, and he's always hes always been a, a team-first guy. Like, he's always willing to take a lesser role if it benefits the team, you know, and that's why he came in 
threw one pass in the in the NFC divisional round and it went for a touchdown, you know? So, I mean, he kind of showed off his arm strength there. Granted, Trey Quan Smith was wide open, but I mean, he just kind of shows flashes throughout the year and he's, he's developed a lot of skills from what it looks like in practice. And even during training camp, when videos were dropping of him throwing passes, it was looking good. So I'm excited for what he brings to the saints. And quite frankly, he's got a little bit more mobility and even like the, the struggles he'd had whenever Drew Brees was first injured and he came in to finish the game out. Like even when he was sacked, like those three or four times, like they were barely sacks. Like my man was breaking out of the tackles and everything. Like he just has like a grittiness and a willingness to win about him that I think fits perfect with new Orleans culture. So I think he'll be back. Um, I think I could see somewhere around like the, I don't know, probably like the two or three year range of probably about like 45, 50 million. It's going to be a little bit pricey, but you know, it's not going to be the highest in the market. You know, Dak Prescott's obviously the highest on the market. He's probably going to get tagged again. Um, But other than, other than Dak Prescott, I mean, Jameis Winston's probably the next highest guy. And especially if Chicago doesn't figure out something by then or San Francisco, I mean, there's going to be some contenders there for him. And based off the sounds of it, there already kind of has been. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if New England came and got into the mix a little bit. Maybe Philadelphia got into the mix. Um, So there's a couple teams that have already been rumored to be interested in him. But, I mean, he said recently that he does – he's flattered by his offers that he's getting from other teams, but he wants to stay in New Orleans. So hopefully, you know, with that cap rollover and adding a little bit more cap for every team and Drew Brees cutting a lot of his money, that should be able to free up enough space to at least re-sign Jameis Winston, which is the most important position to re-sign this offseason. Yeah. I mean, if we we look at some of your other free agents – you know, going into next season. I mean, you've got some good guys here. I mean, Trey Hendrickson had a, you know, brilliant year last year. And I mean, anyone there that you're sort of desperate to re-sign that you think sort of viable to re-sign as well? Other, other than I mean, Jameis, yeah. They, they you've also got Marcus, you know, Marcus Williams as well, safety is probably quite yeah, an important I'm, piece to try and add. Yeah, other than Jameis Winston, I think very important pieces to try and bring back or Marcus Williams, obviously. I mean, He's probably, besides Jameis Winston, our most coveted free agent. He had a huge year um, in 2020, and, you know, he's looking like he's going to continue it. Trey Hendrickson, obviously, we can get him back. That'd be nice. Bringing back Trey Hendrickson and signing him long-term due to the one big year he had and the potential we have at defensive end, it could allow the team to potentially consider – I know if I, I know if I know if y'all clickbait this <laughs> Saints Twitter is going to go crazy, but I it, it could allow them to potentially move on from Cam Jordan. You know he's got our biggest cat pit next year, and so moving on from Cam Jordan, not not releasing him necessarily, but trading him or making him expendable could certainly be you know on the table there. Um, obviously, he's the defensive version of Drew Brees to the Saints, so it's not likely. But you know, bringing back Trey Henderson could make that you know, a legitimate possibility. Um, another guy um, on the list that I think we need to bring back is Michael Burton. I've had the pleasure of talking to him on my podcast in the past. Great dude, uh, great, great player too. Um, so I think we need to bring him back. Um, other than that, like most of these guys are expendable. They're mostly depth guys. Like Ty Montgomery would obviously be kind of nice. We saw him play one game as a starter and he he did pretty, he played pretty well. Um you know, but other than that, really, Alex Anzalone maybe would be solid. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, that's kind of it. Nick Easton was a solid player. Obviously, we just released him. He's not coming back. Jared Cook, there's no way he's coming back after fumbling that ball in the <laughs> no, divisional no, no, no. round. <laughs> Sheldon I going to be brought up. I, I didn't know if I was going to bring that up. Or, <laughs> you know, was a, yeah. that was a big play in that, in that game, as you well know. I think, yeah. the, I think the one thing to point out with, <laughs> best way I can describe it, I think what's, you know, it's, it's frustrating for us because we play you twice a year. But I think it's more of the case where New Orleans, as a as a franchise and a team, especially right now, you know, you look at, I think, the back staff, you know, the main people that stand up, obviously, Mickey Lewis and Sean Payton, right? It's it's a luxurious, as much as I hate to admit, it's a luxurious play, like players, like, you know, not saying, obviously, free agents this year, obviously, you haven't got the money to bring in guys from outside, from other teams, you know, realistically, you know, in terms of that respect, if you just want to re-sign the guys that are expiring, you know, for this year and see what you can do, really, with what you've got. But you look at, you know, you got like you say, Jameis seems to be pretty content in going. You know what? He knows he's getting these. He could get offers elsewhere, or he's getting offers from elsewhere. That he knows he can make money. Like it's not a money thing for him. He's been in the league long enough. You know, he ha- he's made his money with Tampa. Let's be honest. You know, Tampa. He was the number one pick. He was getting good money. You've got to a point where if he's willing to at least take, if he even signs a two-year deal, and and then you know, if he's willing to take, you know what? I'm going to have basic minimum on the first year and then the rest of it comes the next year. Like that, I think Mickey Loomis is definitely the type of savvy GM to make like them type of contract decisions where they're not going to completely, like I say, because you're in cap hell right now, that, that that's just, he's going to basically go, right, Jameis, we'll give you this this year. Wait till like next year. Like you say, if they're that sold on him, they will pay him the money. You know, it's not the case where he's going to completely be, completely what say blindsided you know and then just can be completely cut if he is what they want him to be for at least the for, for, for the foreseeable future rather than draft trying to draft someone you know and try and fill that role because you know we're expecting Drew not to come back so when you look at that like New Orleans as a location and team right now it, it is luxurious and I think players you know you could get Marcus Williams go you know what I'm not going to take x amount of money from you this year but he might not. He might want to test the market. You get players that want to test the market, you know, that they, they, they want to get paid at the end of the day. But I think, like you say, if you can get Jameis back, and I reckon, like you said, you've made a really good point with Cam Jordan and Trey Hendrickson. As much as, um, you know, I hate Cam Jordan. He sacked Matt Ryan, like, forever. Like, I think there's a record of, like, I think it's actually a record of the most sacked quarterback, a guy sacking one quarterback the most since Cam Jordan against Matt Ryan. And it's really, like... <laughs> really annoying so the fact that if he but you know Cam Jordan's what in his 30s now you know he's getting yeah. into that age you you think like Trey if Trey Henderson can repeat you know something similar let, let's be honest we know Cam Jordan gets double teamed a lot you know his stats didn't blow off the board this year but you know they double team him a lot you know so you got someone like Trey Henderson that got freed up this year and he got you know double digit sacks this year it, it, you, you could use that as an option I think that's a really valid point I know if I was looking at that from an age perspective, looking for the future, and Mickey Loomis does do that. That is hundred percent worth doing because I, I think Trey Hendrickson, as much as I hated him, you know, much going off against us this year against you know our you know the right tackle and everything, he really stands out. Like he, yeah, he, he and he, he could get paid money, you know. So yeah, it's kind of a weird situation with Trey too because he's he's kind of been like a nobody really. I mean. Obviously, as a Saints fan, you kind of know who he is. But if you're not a Saints fan, you don't really know who he is. So, like, I knew he was always good defensive in depth behind, like, Cam and behind Marcus Davenport. But 
you know, with his opportunity, Davenport's injury early in the year and the whole Jadavian Clowney situation, sweepstakes and all that. And the fact that they had enough confidence in him to keep him over a guy like Jadavian Clowney, um, you know, it just kind of shows how much faith they have in Trey Hendrickson. But like, like I was saying, like, it's kind of like an interesting situation because he hadn't had more than like three or four sacks in a season until this season where he went off and was like third in the NFL in sacks. You know what I mean? That's why it's such a, this is yeah. the craziest offseason for the Saints ever, probably, because we have our franchise quarterback about to retire. We have so many, like, interesting free agents that, like, like have a ton of potential, but, like, you don't really know if they're going to be long-term potential. So, like, a guy like Trey Hendrickson, you know, you're like, all right, man, like, you just balled out this year, but the past three years – what the heck were you doing? You know what I mean? And then you got, you got a guy like Jared cook who really has kind of been productive for the most part and stents, you know, and stents he's been productive, you know, only against teams like the Falcons. Was he productive? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, just... I mean, he's not the only guy, like, <laughs> like every single guy, but yeah, I get, I, I knew that was going to come at some point. I had to throw a jab. I had to throw a jab in there. Throw the jabs. I like it. It's good. It's good. It's all good. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. It's just like we have so many random guys who like have stents and flashes of being very, very good, capable players, but they can't keep up the consistency for years to come. So that's why it's such an interesting offseason with the Saints. And, you know, my boy Nick Underhill said it best. Like this is going to be one of the wildest offseasons in Saints history because there is, there's so much great talent on the market we could go get with no money to go get them, but we're more than likely going to end up getting them anyways just because of Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. And then the whole league's going to continue to hate us while we just continue to chase that Lombardi. <laughs> it's all good. Sorry, Jimbo, you go, but you've hit that point. It's always dangerous when a player comes off, you know, on a contract season and then they just suddenly explode. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it, it happens so often. <laughs> And it does. every single sport you get, you know, and a player just explodes in that contract season. And then you give them that big contract and suddenly you go, oh, oh shit, you know, we're stuck with this, you know, we're stuck with it's this guy. The production drops off is not as much as you like. And, and, it, and we're not, not with every player, obviously, Anderson. but yeah, I mean, that'd yeah, be my yeah. worry about giving him that contract. Yeah, that's what I'm a little bit worried about, too, because like, like I said, like the past three years, I mean, he was he was injured a lot. But, I mean, a lot of people tend to forget that when he was at FAU, he was, like, second, second in the nation in sacks or something like that. Like, dude had, like, 15, 14 and a half sacks or something his senior year before – or his, like, junior – whatever year before he declared for the draft. And, uh, yeah, like, it was crazy. And, like, he was shooting up draft boards because he had a strong combine and stuff like that. The Saints snabbed him. Um, and, I mean, he he's always had solid potential. And he just kind of blew up this year. And it's really frustrating as a Saints fan because you're like, damn, like you're good, but like, are you going to be good? Like, (laughs) and it happens for every team. There's always one person for every team that does that. And this year it happened to be, you know, (laughs) it happened to be Trey Henderson. Last year it was Von Bell for us, you know, stuff like that. A couple of years ago, I mean, we just, we've had so many players do that. And it's just, it's good and frustrating because it's like, all right, I mean, this dude stepped up this year. We weren't really expecting him to. But at the same time, it's like, all right, are we going to pay you? Or now are we going to like hang our heads and watch you yeah. dip and then potentially be really, really good for another team? So, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Yeah. I think like yeah. you pointed out, like, and the fact is, like I say, it's the craziest offseason. 
because like I say you've had you've pointed all them points and then you've also got to point out like I say you're last in cap you know what I mean so like that's why it's even more of a challenge and that's why it's going to be even more crazy to see what happens and what Mickey Loomis decides to to miraculously do because like, he if I mean I'll take as much that you know I'm not going to go into the facts of how much you know the Saints don't mean to me but I will tip my hat off if he can actually sort like but I mean a decent situation of where you're not completely releasing you know releasing everyone and you're going to and Saints fans are going to question some decisions and be like okay like maybe that was a bit too much but obviously because it's such a high in the red situation but it's going to be it, I, I mean I'm we're so interested to see it out because we've tried doing it on you know on websites and everything to see what we can do and it is so interesting to see what can actually happen come start of the season but we'll go sort of straight into another topic I want to talk to you about Michael which is the you know we'll, we'll go more into the draft you guys haven't got a massive amount of draft um, capital this year. I think, it, I think it's about five picks with the compensatory picks that are due, you do to get due to um, Teddy and I believe um, Terry Fontenot, who's our now who are GM. I think you're going to get two third rounders out of it. So you're going to have three, uh, sorry, five total picks. I mean, one situation we've talked about and I see it as a better option because obviously, as you said, as we talked about, you guys are massively in the red with the cap. That's obviously going to include against the rookies you're going to be signing in the draft. Do you think trading back at 28 is a viable option? Because I, I personally think it could be a decent option, pending who gives you an offer at that, at that pick if someone does. How, how would you like to see the Saints go, go towards the draft in, in this year? What do you see them doing? Yeah, I think, a, I think a lot of what they do in the draft is going to depend on what they end up doing in free agency, obviously. I mean, for every team, I mean, that's just an obvious. But, you know, especially with as much quarterback movement as there's been this year, um, you know, Russell Wilson being the most recent one. I mean, who knows? I mean, we could package our next three first round picks to try and get Russell Wilson. So, I mean, that'd be great. You know, any team, that'd be great for any team. So we could just kiss Jameis Winston goodbye, save some more cap space <laughs> and just bring in an even more expensive Russell Wilson. But hey, it's it all sounds good. so, I'm going to try to make it sound so like far-fetched, but I'm like, actually it could happen. I've sent, we've sent like these crazy trades that have been, like put forward for people, especially for Deshaun yeah. Watson, the main one. But like, it's happened. Like, yeah. there's been some crazy trades. It doesn't. It wouldn't actually surprise me if something like that happened. Like, yeah. I mean, my my biggest fear, like you've just said, if you guys could possibly, I don't know, if it would happen. You heard it first on here. If you guys get Russell Wilson, and let's just say Carolina, who are apparently a hugely favourite now to go and get Deshaun Watson, I think I might cry because it, <laughs> I just I just don't want to see that playing you got you guys twice a year like. <laughs> You know, we're in a bit of a situation at the moment, but yeah, that that just just brings tears to my eyes because that'd just be insane. But like you said, anything can happen. Like it, it, yeah. it as much I'd as cry it well, I happen, would say, I'm realistic like... <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, I think at I the mean... moment, but yeah, yeah, I'd cry too, but they'd be happy tears. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, back to what you were saying. I think you know, if we could potentially land a talented player via trade this off season, then we might not even have a first round pick. Um, but a lot of it's going to depend on the moves we decide to make. So, you know, if we end up deciding to release Quan Alexander whenever we're able to, um, then, you know, we could end up selecting a guy like Nick Bolton in the first round, you know, a guy like that, a linebacker, um, you know, if we end up deciding to stick with Jameis Winston and we don't go and get one of the quarterbacks on the market, um, we could easily be taking a guy like Mac Jones in the first round or Kyle Trask in the first round, maybe even in the second round, somewhere in there if he slides. Um, 
maybe some receiver depth if we decide to go get away with, um, you know, if we decide to cut Emmanuel Sanders, that's a guy um, we could go for a receiver. There's some great receiver talent in this draft that's going to slide pretty late into the first round. Um, but I think more so the Saints could potentially be looking to trade up. You know, there's been several trade scenarios that are out there to go and get like a once in a lifetime type of guy, you know, and there's quite a few of those guys in this draft. You know, I know the team's really high on Adam Troutman, but they could potentially look to get in the top 10 to try and get a guy like Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, there's just there's a bunch of options on the card, you know, even stacking up their offensive line even more. I know they just took Cesar Ruiz in the first round last year, um, and they've done it several times in recent years, taking offensive line. But, you know, if you think about it, like you're going to you're going to be just the season's adding an additional game offensive line. You know, they take the hardest hits. Um, and the, considering that we've already released Nick Easton, James Hurst could be leaving um, guys like that, you know, it's kind of going to force Cesar Ruiz to step up. So, you know, readdressing the offensive line in a very, very good offensive line class could be an option as well. Um, but yeah, you know, if the Saints get a good offer to acquire some more future picks in order to, you know, if, if it means trading out of the first round to getting some good depth in the rest of the draft, the Saints are one of the best in the NFL, in my opinion, at finding these late round gems. I mean, the majority of the starters on our team were not first round picks. So, and at least the guys that we drafted weren't, you know, so we have guys like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Trey Hendrickson, you know, guys like that who were not first round picks are out here balling out for our team. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, yeah, trading out of the first round seems like it could be a, a good idea, but also, you know, if, we shouldn't do it if there's going to be like a guy who we're really high on, you know what I mean? So if that, if we're really high yeah, on, exactly Nick Bolton, that, yeah. we shouldn't trade out of the first round just to go and add some more depth. If we're really high on Nick Bolton, you know, so there's obviously, you know, it's a good, it's a good theory, but we shouldn't do it. If it doesn't make sense, we have to do what's best to help us win games now because we're not rebuilding yet. Yeah. Well, but like, you know, you guys have been picking around that sort of mark for the past few seasons, you know, because obviously you've been in the playoffs the past four years. So it's got to a point of where you're literally, yeah, unless you're really sold on a guy, like I said, someone like Nick Bolton, who I love, I think he's a great linebacker and he can absolutely, you know, ideally replace, you know, say if you cut Quan Alexander, great replacement. And and the best thing, I think you probably could chuck him in as a rookie because of the depth, you know, if you can keep certain players for the year, you know, depending on what happens, like it's not the worst situation to have, having someone like that. And Mickey Loomis is, you know, he picks great guys, you know, as much as, you know, like you said, that in terms of your starting guys are not mainly in the first round. I think if he's sold on someone, he he, he doesn't look back. He'll like, he'll 100% go for it. So that's always a good thing to have, especially with someone like that that's done it in the league for years and built rosters like he has done previous. So it's not the worst situation in the world for that one going at 28. Holding number 55, 10-yard penalty. Looking sort of towards, we've done this with every team, Michael. We're going to have to ask you it because we're coming up towards the end, but sort of just to cap it off here. Uh, so we've done a way, way, way too early predictions, obviously. Everything's still going on. You know, you've got the free agency hasn't even really started properly yet. Everything's been going crazy at the moment in the offseason. But in terms of a, of a record, if you'd like to see if you can somehow, which I'm sure you will eventually get out of the cap hell you're in right now, restructure some deals if you keep Winston, I'm um, sorry, re-sign Winston to keep him as your quarterback. What do you reckon realistically is an option for this team? You've mentioned that you think you can win the division, especially with Winston under centre. What do you reckon it would roughly be? To, what record do you think it would be to take to take the division crown this year? Yeah, so we're going to have 17 games. So that's that's a little bit different 
So it's going to be, I'm, I'm going with 12 and five. Um, I'm thinking 12 and five, you know, uh, Jameis Winston, he gives the saints what Drew Brees couldn't over the past couple of years. And that's a powerful arm to get the ball downfield to speedy guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Thomas and Deontay Harris, Marquez Calloway, the list goes on and on. Um, and you know, that one year of chemistry and kind of getting a little bit of game action and learning under Sean Payton and taking constructive criticism and stuff like that is really going to help. Um, and especially having a full off season with the saints is really going to help. And hopefully more of a normalized off season as well, where they can kind of go through their normal routines. Obviously COVID was fresh when, you know, this past season started. So it's really hard to, to develop and kind of get a guy in the building and groom him to take over for a guy like Drew Brees in just one year, especially when there's a global pandemic going around and, you know, you have to do everything via zoom and, you know, everything like that. So, you know, getting him like hands-on in the building for a year really is just, obviously it helped because he went out and threw a playoff touchdown pass against his former team. So, I mean, I think he gives the saints a good shot to win the division. Um, Saints may not win the division. They could sneak in and be a wild card team. You know, obviously we, we're going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just won the Super Bowl. Um, the Carolina Panthers probably won't be too much of a threat. They're going to be rebuilding. Who knows what the Falcons are going to be? I mean, you know, you guys are arguably in a worse cap we situation than we are. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, so I mean, it's really, I mean, it's just kind of us and the Bucks, and we beat them twice, 2020. We're planning on doing it again in 2021. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean. Like you said, it's really, really early to be predicting these things, but I think 12 and five is a, a firm prediction. You know, I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for uh, Jameis Winston whenever he first becomes a starting quarterback. Um, if, you know, God willing, he is the starting quarterback uh, week one for the Saints. But um, because if it's Taysom Hill, I don't know, I might have to throw in the towel or something, man. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm just they, playing. They look a bit different. <laughs> nah. that, that makes sense. I, yeah. I, I just yeah. think, I mean, I think that you're, you know, I've got you a few less wins than that. Obviously, I'm slightly biased against you more than, you know, for you. <laughs> but I just think you're going to potentially lose a lot of players that have been big parts of this roster. You know, you're going to have to cut some guys. That's, that's a given. And I just think the losses of them you know, potentially even, you know, Drew Brees is going to be a big loss as much as he wasn't at his best this year and his playoff game was pretty bad. But, you know, there is pl plenty of losses there. You're obviously going to lose to the Falcons twice. Um, <laughs> at least Carolina could potentially, <laughs> <laughs> Carolina are potentially looking at Deshaun Watson. You know, there's there's looking like a good chance they're going to bring in Deshaun Watson now. Um the Bucks, obviously, coming off that Super Bowl year, if they can sort of resign their guys that they've got to resign, it's a it is a tough division. You know, I think the Falcons are a lot better than their record. All seriousness, you know, joking aside, we were a lot better than our record last season. I, I agree um, with that. We lost a lot of games. You know, we lost a lot of games. Tight yeah, games. We, we threw away a lot of leads. Um, <laughs> we do. That yeah, I, normally, I, I still yeah. think you'll. You know, I still think you're on for a winning season. Um, I mean, but, you know, I wouldn't have you. A lot of it that I kind of depends. I personally don't have you as many as 12. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, like I, you say, it's too early to say, isn't it? Like, Yeah, yeah. It's just it like. It depends on what you do at quarterback. It depends on what you do, who you cut, you know. Yeah, with Carolina's kind of situation happen. especially, you know. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not a bad quarterback by any means. It's just, it's kind of who you value more because they're not going to get Deshaun Watson without giving up Christian McCaffrey. It's just not yeah. going to happen. And you could argue Christian McCaffrey is the life and soul of their offense. So, you know, that's why I kind of, I kind of think, 
you know, they could potentially get a bit more wins, but they could also, I think the saints are probably the biggest boomer bust team next season, you know, 2021. I mean, you guys heard it here first. The saints are probably the biggest boomer bust team next year for sure. Because I mean, they could, they, they have the key pieces, right. Um, but they're also going to need a lot of players to step up who are already under contract. Like Zach Bond's going to have to step up next year and be that outside linebacker that he was projected to be last year. You know, 2020, he was supposed to be a first round draft pick late in the first round. We got him in the third, traded up to get him. So, um, you know, we're going to need guys like him to step up. You know, we're going to need our guys who were on the bubble having a contract year, stuff like that, to step up. The guys we paid need to step up. Kamara, Michael Thomas, they need to step up. Um, obviously, Kamara is one of the best, if not the best, running back in the NFL. So he's definitely earned his money and keep so far. I mean, Michael Thomas obviously had a bad year, but the season before, I mean, he balled out. I mean, broke an NFL record in reception. So, you know, we're going to need guys like that who are experienced to help groom Jameis Winston into that starting quarterback role um but you know like like you guys continue to say is way too early to predict anything especially when it comes to the saints because they just somehow some way managed to just take the cap and just squeegee it out like it was a wet rag you know it's just they they just figure out yeah, a way well, to make it happen i mean that's a great that's the perfect summary really for what this saint team could be next year i think boom or bust yeah it seems like it could be out of way uh well Carve it off there, Michael. I really appreciate you coming on. We'll have to see a uh, see review type of thing, what happens. But we'll definitely want you on again and review what happens with uh, when we for take sure. the NFC South crown. But uh, we'll, we'll see <laughs> on that one. We heard it right here. But thank you very, very much for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, yeah, really, uh, really glad you can join us today. Yeah, for sure. Anytime, fellas. I appreciate coming on the show. I appreciate the invite, all that good stuff. But uh, you already know the Saints are about to... to... 5p i think 4p 5p i don't even remember i lost i lost track <laughs> well don't worry we'll be definitely reviewing that definitely next time but guys thank you very much for joining uh like i say i'll be putting michael's uh, all his socials down in the links below to bring the post on uh like i say it won't be too long we'll be posting it so keep an eye out for our content so we've got a lot of guests on and we've got a lot coming up as well but thank you very much guys take care stay safe catch you next time 